0: It's easy to love those people who you have a personal connection to. So we should all push ourselves to make connections with people who are different than us, whether it's someone on the train or someone who looks different than you, love is more needed when it's people who are different than us. When it's people on the margins of society. Those are Leah Pasquese micas words in this episode of the share chair podcast. She speaks volumes, especially in the beginning of a new year. The Loyola University academic advisor has been through her own adversity when her father was diagnosed with early-onset dementia, yet she has the strength to recognize her privilege in all situations, even ones as hard as that. In this week's episode of The Share Chair, Leah discusses how empathy, struggling, and love are all connected in life and in the world. Stay tuned to hear it. Leah Pasquazi. Here's that how I pronounce it. Okay. And you are a teacher and also um, an advisor for yeah, at Loyola so my
1: University. My formal, formal role is academic advisor.
0: Academic advisor. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And I so I know you cuz you teach my Univ class, which is basically just um like getting to know Chicago, getting to know the school a little more. Mm-hmm. And then you said earlier that you, the theme that you sort of wanted to put into my specific Univ class is like what was that? Getting to know people and uh, yeah, empathy. So
1: you know, in addition to getting to know Loyola and Chicago, also building community. So that's a big component here at Loyola of what we see is critical to a, a student's first year. Mm-hmm. So building a space within our classroom where people can authentically build community. So it's interesting is thinking about what does building community look like? Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to take it to a pretty deep level because in the past... Like my first um, day of class, what was traditionally done is more of like icebreakers mm-hmm. and more um, superficial ways to get to know people. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, OK, well, that's been established. We set some ground rules. Let's move on. So, you know, the fact that we did life maps where students had to like, draw out what their life has been mm-hmm. I think, um, important people or places or events and have to like draw it you have storytelling I, I think was I hope has been important in our class for people um in those activities but just in general in order to encourage perspective taking so mm-hmm. and challenge assumptions so okay if I'm going through Loyal experiencing this so when we thinking back to when we did scenarios Mm -hmm. I shouldn't assume that other people are or if I have dominant identities on campus I need to challenge my ideas of what it means to be a loyalist student Mm -hmm. if I'm experiencing loyal this way someone with similar different identities can have very different experience Mm -hmm. and I think too just spreading kindness Mm -hmm. like I think but something so simple that if we can take on people's perspectives if we can hear people's stories we have to listen to them
0: where did that like you get that mentality and like how did you what did you learn from that made you want to put that in the in the classrooms
1: grad graduate school for me was this like pivotal time so I graduated from undergrad I was a traditional college student Then I worked for two years in high school and then I went back to so I came to Loyola for my master's program it was just this interesting time of um, being an adult learner and um, being in a program that for the first time in my educational experience forced us to see ourselves within our education Mm -hmm. so I think it's very easy to learn and be a passive learner and I think my graduate program forced me and forced my classmates to be like okay yes we're learning about something that impacts this world that we live in but how does how do I also bring myself back into this? So how do these things impact me? I became really interested in a few authors, Renee Brown. Okay. Actually, when I sent out an email to you all after our story circle, I included a quote about just show, sometimes just showing up, okay. is like um, being brave, and <clears throat> is a powerful thing. So she talks a lot about like vulnerability, story, like owning your own story, storytelling, and that if we can be vulnerable with other people. And then it allows us to get to know ourselves better but also yeah. um, build deeper connections yeah and also that's a birthplace of creativity too so that's like a big thing she talks about Cervic storm of oh learning these things in graduate school having to practice them mm-hmm. incorporating into my personal life by being more open with people about mm-hmm. these are things I'm going through these are things that have defined me they're hard to talk about sometimes mm-hmm. and how that had a positive impact on relationships that yeah I had. Going to therapy too, I think, is interesting mm. because you have to own your story in therapy. So, mm. going to therapy just with personal things that I was going through—seriously, all in this, this like same time of graduate school—was just. I feel like I discovered who I was as mm. an
0: adult. Um, but I loved when you were mentioning how vulnerability and like opening up can really like cultivates connection and like can really help you get to know somebody and then be comfortable talking to them and everything why is that important with no matter who you are to like be vulnerable or what is it about vulnerability that like cultivates those connections?
1: I think that vulnerability and this is kind of a Brene Brown quote is the birthplace of connection. Okay. It's the birthplace of um of creativity like all these beautiful things that we're actually told like don't be vulnerable be strong be brave so even like Flipping the way that we think about what it means to be brave. Mm-hmm. Do you know Sarah Bareilles' song Brave? Yes, I love her and I think about her a lot and that the message of that song. But like, even like, we're told certain things about what it means to be brave, what it means to be successful and like we want to strive to be perfect Mm -hmm. so I think vulnerability kind of flips that on its head a little bit and it pushes and I'm very relational so this is very easy for me to Mm -hmm. incorporate into my life and so for other people it may not or if other people have grown up their whole life or think I need to maintain like I need to appear perfect like I should never feel like my life is in shambles or yeah. I'm a hot mess things that I've openly acknowledge all the time and say it's okay we're all kind of hot messes yeah. sometimes yeah. so kind of embracing that but <clears throat> I don't know I think vulnerability is also tied to risk taking so it's risky sometimes to be vulnerable mm-hmm. not everyone deserves to hear your story because mm-hmm. you have to build some sort of trust or mm-hmm. understanding or appreciation for the other person before doing that or the group but i think it kind of pushes you to first of all have to articulate some mm-hmm. things like like to own some things you've been through or to own your story mm-hmm. um to process your story and then it it breeds connection. But so where
0: did you grow up And Like, can you talk about your family a little bit? Mm -hmm. I
1: grew up in the southwest suburbs of Chicago. Okay. I'm the youngest of four siblings, um, and I have my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. So very close-knit family. Um, So grew up in Darien, Illinois. Um, Pretty homogenous community that I grew up in. I I could think of no, let me think of how to say this. My family is some of the most incredible people. Um, so I grew up in a very loving home. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> my parents, I, I thought up until recently when I met my husband that it was would be impossible to ever find someone or like tr- have a relationship that, um, as incredible as my parents. Mm-hmm. So like I think so highly of them, they love each other. So, I've never known two people to love each other so deeply. Mm-hmm. And the love that they gave us was just very beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I'm very close to my family. I recognize a lot of privilege I have with the family that I grew up in. Yeah. Um, middle
0: class family what were some of the bigger events that sort of happened to make you the person you are today yeah. like whether it just be like going to school or um, smaller things like relationships or. Are-
1: so what's interesting is I feel like I had a pretty cookie cutter life okay. up until I was a freshman in college like I think <clears throat> I always did pretty well in school I was always pretty social mm-hmm. had a very supportive loving family um, Money wasn't a problem in my family. Was always really involved. When I was a freshman in college, my we realized my dad after like months and months of like different doctor visits and trying to figure out what was wrong with him. He was having trouble speaking. We we found out he was diagnosed with early onset dementia, mm-hmm. which is a um, not well known disease. Um, actually, we were very lucky because it was discovered in by a, a doctor in, at Northwestern Hospital. Mm-hmm. No cure. It's It's a devastating disease in that you just, and people live for eight to ten years once they're diagnosed, there's nothing really you can do, it impacts them in a way where it totally um, destroys who they are and everything that you know and love about someone, so if they're funny or if they're smart or if they're good with their hands, it totally steals all those things, so it's kind of like a silent death that just creeps up and takes everything about Mm -hmm. a loved one, so it was definitely a big challenge for our family. Um, and it kind of made me just approach my life very differently in terms of, like, being, like, growing up a lot. So having to then parent myself more and then, not parent myself, um, become more independent and, like, build my inner, internal strength or inner strength. Um, and then also, like, start to parent my parents a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it's been, it was, it's been hard watching my dad kind of die over the past 10 or so years. And I, I went through a really rough breakup when I was in um, graduate school, like the beginning of my graduate program. So I think those moments of like struggle and challenge have been so critical to my life yeah. and who I am, and I think they've made me such a better person like, all these great things came from it, like, building meaningful relationships with people who were there to support me, or, like, kind of going through some self-discovery of who I am and who I want to be, so I think, interestingly, my dad's, like, diagnosis and my breakup were probably the biggest moments of change, and, like, like I said before, like, graduate school is this unique time, because that was, like, another aspect of it, where I was kind of, like, pushed down to the ground and had to kind of rebuild who i was and who i wanted mm-hmm. to be i met my husband a little bit after that and it's a beautiful thing and i don't think i would have ever been able to meet him unless i figured out who i was first so. well
0: that i think you mentioned going on an abi trip yes. or um yes. or, and i know that you're just very like um an advocate in volunteering and just like giving back to the community Do you have like a favorite experience um with volunteering or like what was that abi alternative break immersion like what was that or where did you go?
1: Yeah that volunteering is different from the trip that we took mm-hmm. so alternative breaks are I say more of like a justice focused immersion trip. Okay. trip's a little bit different so some people are like service is a bigger component but there's also the justice and learning and understanding piece mm-hmm. um, but the trip that I went on was to Baltimore and Different trips focus on different social issues. So we went to Baltimore and we just like um, kind of talked about and thought about and learned about different social issues impacting an urban environment. And I know mm-hmm. I wanted to do that because I think it's so easy for me to exist in a bubble within my life in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like you know where I live, go take the train um, up here. Loyola is kind of a bubble. Go back home go in my neighborhood maybe go downtown but Chicago is a very um, there's a lot of things going on in Chicago oh, yeah. there's a lot of like justice issues that impact our city every day we did different activities and our trip was a little bit unique because other program or other groups would maybe work with one community organization throughout the week but we worked with different community organizations so part of it was learning more about social justice issues so talk about storytelling, Mm -hmm. sitting down with people who are facing racism, sitting down with people who are experiencing homelessness, sitting down with people whose communities are directly impacted by racism, by police brutality, by um, food deserts and not having access to fresh foods, talk to people who are um, impacted by redlining, Um, so actually sitting down and shutting up. And listening to stories, and what was interesting to me was that the students that I went with are some of the most eloquent student. Like, they get it, quote unquote. They talk about social justice. They a lot of them are upperclassmen at Loyola, so this mm-hmm. is something that they've been talking about in their classes. But a lot of them said it was one, it's one thing to talk about it in class in an academic space, but then to go hear people's stories, it's mm. so different. Like people were just so kind and gracious with their time, with Mm -hmm. hosting us, with telling their stories, um, and letting us enter spaces that we typically wouldn't be a part of. So Mm -hmm. we went to, like, a community organizing event, Mm -hmm. and I think all the students and I felt a little uncomfortable. Like, this isn't a a communal thing. This is, like, a a sacred space amongst these people, should we be here? And everyone welcomed us with open arms. Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, I think the justice piece of, like, you know, learning people's stories, going into spaces, going into communities. It's one thing to talk about poverty or homelessness, Mm -hmm. but we actually went on an injustice walk with people who've experienced homelessness, and they Mm -hmm. took us around different areas of Baltimore and explained, um, so there's like spaces by downtown Baltimore where there's a homeless, um, an organization that supports homeless folks. And then a few blocks down is, a, is the jail and then a few blocks down is um, downtown where they have mm-hmm. really built it up so walking mm-hmm. around and explaining like um where different areas what they mean to them mm-hmm. or how there's an area right off the highway near downtown where um, a lot of people homeless people who experience homelessness would up tents, okay, as in that's their home, yeah. so everything they own would be there, and that's where they decided that's where they chose to live, or where they needed to live, or they needed to survive. And at one point, the city put um, in bushes with thorns in that area mm. to kind of push people out. So, like, oh my goodness, you know, makes you kind of understand, or at least it made me understand things in a much more complex way. Yeah. The point of your podcast when you hear people's stories. Ugh it's so important because and those are the stories that aren't told or when we look at like hot topics we're not immigration from a policy or political stance or um as a political issue as mm-hmm. opposed to a human issue or we don't we're not hearing or if you're not in communities where you know immigrants or you know people who are undocumented yeah. then it's no wonder people have this othering of them or mm. um or questioning why they're here, or like casting judgment, or fear, or like mm-hmm. wanting them gone, yeah, out of um, our country. But if you hear people's stories, it brings the human piece back.
0: Exactly. So, what would you like? What piece of advice would you give them, just as another human being? Um. So, like keeping empathy in mind and everything. Like, if you didn't know who they were or anything, what is like a general piece of piece of advice that you would want to tell just another person or a big group of people? To
1: to explore and own your story so to carve out time to think about who you are where you've been how you've evolved in your life and to like so to reflect on that and to own your story and to be courageous enough to share your story with people who are deserving of hearing your story um and to challenge our, to challenge ourselves to to try to make those connections with people who are different than us love to the people who family, your friends, or love thy neighbor, it's easy to love those people who, you know, you have some personal connection to, so I think we should all push ourselves to um, make connections with people, whether it's through storytelling or just, um, I guess, storytelling, because we want to get to know other people who are different than us, mm-hmm. and so whether it's someone on the train or mm-hmm. someone that you wouldn't, like, typically um, connect with or mm-hmm. someone who looks different than you. Because I think again, it's easy to love the people in our life that are family and friends and our neighbor, but it's more love is more needed when it's people who are different than us, mm. when it's people on the margins of our society. Be courageous, own your story, get to know people who are different than you, mm-hmm. and extend love and kindness to everyone.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the Sharetrip okay. podcast. I loved, I loved it. I loved talking. Thank you so much,
1: Leah. Absolutely.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Share Chair. Stay tuned next week for a new episode.